Hello. Hi, John. How are you? Hi, Merlin. How's every little thing? <clears throat> no, wait. I'm scratch that. I'm going to start over. How's it going? It's good. Why, why did you scratch how's every little thing? Because it sounds like a lyric from a 60s musical. <laughs> how's every little thing? How's every, every little, little thing, thing with you and da, me? Da, da, da. <laughs> Are you a, you a show tunes man? I don't see you being a show tunes man. Oh, really? Yeah. My wife can't stand show tunes. You know, I came of age in Seattle during the last great, the last great waning days of the true like renaissance of gay America when, when you, you came of age, when the gay people still had show tunes and drag <laughs> and, and uh, Barbara Streisand and all these things that, that they rallied around and set them, set them apart. That, that really meant something. It was mm-hmm. a separate culture. And now that's all lost. No yeah. one cares about those things anymore. I don't think except, for like fifty-year-old former drag queens, right? I don't to, think there's an ironic. I don't see any kind of hipster show tunes oh. thing happening. Although now that we've said it, yeah, you watch it's, out. it's not like it's not like listening to Soft Cell or something. It's not something where they're sitting around going, "Oh, YMCA." This is, but there's a campiness. There's a certain campiness that I that I admire. A certain campiness. Are you, mm. <laughs> you, are you using your penetrating? vision mm-hmm. to see the campiness that well, wasn't before apparent. minute two working the ping pong <laughs> i uh penetrating for, vision I have, a, I have an extremely penetrating vision santorum <laughs> gotta ease the way are you, are you you know what i'm not gonna talk about the tea party all right but that was disturbing though you know seriously iowa really wait a minute you're about to talk about it aren't no, you No, i'm not gonna do it i don't you're care you're so close you're I, so i could tip you over my daughter talk about politics <sighs> It's that this is the problem. You don't yeah. want to get me started. Literally, I woke, yeah. my daughter uh, woke up really early today. Your four-year-old daughter. That that's who you're gonna. You're going she to was rep- very concerned about the Santorum. She, she was like, "These Iowa results are very concerning to me, Papa." Seems like it skews rather heavily toward a very small group of people who are really needy about being asked what they think. You notice how everybody stays undecided because as soon as they become decided, nobody cares anymore. You know, I've spent a lot of time in Iowa. It's a fascinating state. <laughs> is that because of the corn just, or the writer's program or something else? right in your tracks. Oh, well, you know, there are a lot of, like, Iowa City you wouldn't expect in the center of Iowa, Iowa City, to be a progressive and beautiful little college town. Well, thank you for asking. Let me tell you a little story. Every little thing about Iowa is surprising. There's people everywhere in towns you've never heard of. Well, there's corn, there's corn, township corn, district corn, city, corn, 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 writing program. Sorry, that's every uh, little every little thing. I'm gonna I'm gonna write that down. Now tell me tell me about. I'm sorry. Uh, you what your band your band plays in Iowa a lot? Is that right? Uh, Cedar Rapids is a is a very interesting. That's town. not it's, in Iowa. It that sounds like, like <laughs> it smells Cedar like Cedar Rapids. That's a real city. So you drive into Cedar Rapids, right? Which isn't on the way to anywhere. Are rapids by a kind place. of river. Yeah, there are rapids there. Well, how would you have Cedar Rapids unless unless you had liquid trees? Hmm. So continue. Whoa. Uh, anyway, Cedar Rapids, I really wanted to go there just because it's one of those towns that, that isn't on the way to anywhere. It's not like the, the interstate doesn't go through there. You have to kind of make a little detour and you get, you drive into Cedar Rapids and it's the entire town smells like Captain Crunch cereal. Oh my God. Because they make it there or they make, so there's a, there's a, there's a General Mills cereal oh, close close factory. to the corn got to stay close to the corn yeah and the whole town smells like crunch berries oh my god i would be i love that smell so it was much nuts. I, so do i what who what's not to love and i was like could you mean people live in a town that smells like crunch berries all year round <laughs> that should be a big theme in our musical every little thing <laughs> you get to pick uh, what kind of city you would live in based it on should happen in, it should happen in cedar rapids <laughs> i met her in a town that smelled like cheerios those are those are very distinctive smells. Now the whole town. Now, like when you go to Bush Gardens, I don't know if you've ever been to a Bush Gardens, but it smells intensely of hops because of the brewery there. Hmm. And you know, at first it's kind of interesting, uh, but then it's really not. It just becomes really overbearing. Do you think you'd stop noticing? You know, is it like living with a smoker. Do you like eventually stop noticing the crunch? Do you think? Uh, no. Have you been I sleeping? Have you been? You haven't been I sleeping, haven't have slept. You? I haven't slept, and I and I can't believe I can't believe that you could become so 
cynical. You could become so inured to the smell of crunch berries that you would ever not wake up and think, ah. Right. It's so much a part of the culture. How could you ever stop really enjoying that on a day-to-day basis? Right. Which is why you go to see so many local bands. That's right. The local bands are, well, I used to. The young people, what they're doing with music, the new people, <laughs> the beards, the longer beards. I'm not. I'm afraid that young people aren't doing anything new with music. Is that is that her- heretical to say? Uh, not only is that true, but yes, I don't want to interrupt you, but th- I have a, I have a, I have something on that. But yes, I I totally agree. I, hmm. Yeah, I I mean I do go see young bands all the time. Cassie, question and, real quick before we lose it: How, What's yeah, the reception? What's the reception for a long winter show like in uh, Cedar Rapids? We've never played Cedar Rapids. We we uh, we do quite well. In, oh, I'm sorry. That was in one of your. That was I'm sorry. That was in one of your Charles Corralt adventures where you went on a blue <laughs> That's highway. Right. That's right. I was in a I was in a uh, a camper with a with my faithful dog mm-hmm. Charlie, <laughs> and we were traveling around America. <laughs> Good old Charlie in the late fifties, early sixties, and uh, stealing I, panties all along I was the way. Like, Crunch berries. They haven't even invented them yet, and this is it smells so great. No, Iowa City. We do quite well in and. Hmm. Uh, because Iowa City is a place of discernment and just look, at, just look at the name. There's a lot of creativity going on. There. Iowa City, that's right. They get they get floods. They get tornadoes. It's fascinating. You know, I found from uh, we 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 discussed Pittsburgh last week, and uh, it, it it caused me to be thinking about Pittsburgh all week. Another great city. Hmm. Boy, there are a lot of great cities in America. It's a Mar- hell of a it's a hell of a place. It really is. Yeah, I've never been to Iowa Town or Iowa Burke, but I've <laughs> always wanted to go to Iowa City. <laughs> I uh, I avoid uh, making or reading end of year lists, uh, partly because Thank they're God. well, there's nothing bad about them, and, and they're a cancer. Well, they're a kind of cancer. There's the top ten uh, carcinomas uh, uh, according to Rolling Stone. <laughs> but you know, I mean, for me, and this is a blog thing, so I'll, it'll be short. But I think right. a lot of them, like so many ways, well, God bo- knows, blogs or blog things are typically short. Hmm. <sighs> the headlines sometimes are longer than the post. But you, you know me, like uh, you know, you know me. But uh, you know, in our interview we did many years ago, you talked about how the whole idea in blogging is to have this little thing that's the size of a can of tuna, and then you just surround it with ads. I think today. Like so many of the lists that we find on the on the global internet, I think they're largely about affiliate links. I think it's about linking to Amazon and making five percent uh-huh. off what people buy. I think that's why they do it. You you go you go and look. It's either going to be a list that's made into multiple pages. You have to click on this is boring, so it'll be quick. Or you mm-hmm. see it's a whole bunch of five hundred top albums of the year. You will almost never see one of those lists that doesn't have links to somewhere where people make money. And that that's not that that's removes all credibility but you know if the impetus for what you decide to write is based on getting people to buy something then you're really writing ad copy right rather than producing prose oh my god you have opened up a can of worms that appeared to be a can of tuna surrounded by ads hmm but what should yes. I, what sh- i'm sorry what should i write down for that people are can of tuna slash worms ads okay i don't know i don't know what shorthand you use on your i, I think we definitely have to circle back to this because I, I think uh, we may have found a hot spot and i think to be honest with you that it relates to the point i was going to make which is that i accidentally looked at a couple lists uh meta lists of like what people thought of as the best albums and i downloaded i bought, bought a couple on the itunes store I actually didn't and, buy them and? well the two of them i got that i liked okay uh, well, one of them was this band called, what is it, uh, Contingency Plan, Intercontinental History. Uh, I don't know what they're called. Both of those are great band names. <laughs> Contingency Plan. That's Opening I, for Intercontinental History. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a Travis Morrison thing. Uh, but they were, they were good, but I made a crack uh, the other day on the Twitter about this. I mean, so much Farewell Continental. It was mm-hmm. one band, and the other was a band called Yuck, and mm-hmm. uh, and I, I, I can already guess about- what you I can already guess what you think about Yuck if you've ever heard them, I but haven't. Farewell Continental, like it's that thing where I don't know if you ever saw this, but you know how CDs and music in general have gotten really, really, really loud. How there's not a lot of dynamic range anymore. Oh yeah, that's like a, yeah, that's one of the the pet peeves of all the recording Audio people files. that I work with. Well, not just the audio files, but certainly like recording engineers, the people who are recording engineers and mastering engineers, the people who are responsible yeah. for making... Especially the mastering guys, loud. right? The, the mastering yeah, guys yeah. are the but ones who... they all who hate are... to do it. They all hate it. They despise it. You pull up the and album they, and it looks like a rectangle. If you yeah, ever looked at the waveform. They're like, oh, this is terrible. But then they do it because it's what people want. Well, yeah. And if somebody puts it in and it's not... It's where the they... Nuremberg defense. Huh. 
I, I was just following waveforms. Uh, yeah, it's a. Uh, I you know I don't personally hate the Jews. It's just what people want. Right. Well, you know you gotta you gotta vote with your. Uh, I I, uh, I one of these I bought you know it's pretty good. It's good pop songs. But I had a crack about this on the Twitter yesterday um, or two days ago, whatever. But it was um, it's so. I mean, I just can't believe how much pop music you can actually hear the pitch correction on. And, oh no, really? Well, it's heavily. Yeah. Well, you know what I'm talking about where they'll they'll put it right on maybe right on the key where it's it really there's not yeah. even like glissandos. Yeah, it, yeah, it's yeah. it sounds almost like Cher's song, you know, Believe. Right. Or you Super know. Super dead. It's it, it it's that and combined with an extraordinary amount I don't know if it's gated but a huge amount of compression. And so that everybody sounds like their their voices exploding in perfect pitch all the time. Mm-hmm. And but this whole record, it's like every every instrument is too loud, and, and it's for people who want to listen to a certain kind of like really loud in your headphones running around music. But like it's weird; it doesn't sound natural. It's you know what I mean. It's so I don't say overproduced, but so heavily produced. So it's a good it's a good record. Like it's fun. I can see why people like. It. It's very poppy. Mm-hmm. But uh, good beat. You can dance to it. I, I if I danced, I'd probably dance. I like a beat. But, do, you, do you ever dance like no one's watching? Mm, sometimes I, I do. I do this yeah, Ian Curtis Joy Division dance sometimes. Oh yeah. Oh, I just had a mental picture of you doing the Ian Curtis dance. I'll put up a video. I got a video of it. The, the thing that the thing that worries me, or it doesn't even worry me. It just uh, it, it fills my mind uh, with with the ones and zeros instead of what should be filling my mind, which is sleep or or good tidings. But it fills my mind th- this this question uh, on the pop music side. Uh, you know, I, I've always been a proponent of the idea that. All this stuff is just a technology. It's all a, a way of making music. And people used to, you remember the days when people would yammer on and on about gated snares and too much reverb. You, you officially was, called that one of the things we're not allowed to talk about on yeah, here. And it's one of those things where it's just like, you know what? It's just a technology. It's just a, it's just a sound. That's and so untrue, John. There are no bad sounds. Well, wait. <sighs> but but, uh, but I, I feel like pop music is becoming... I mean, the, the, the generation that we came from, which was like embrace the flaw, celebrate the flaw, celebrate the humanness, uh, that the kids now just are like boring. Mm-hmm. You know, we can, we can make it perfect and it takes nothing to do. We just click, click our, our little box and, and all the waveforms are straight lines and, and, um, instant perfection. But at the same time, those same kids, are uh, the compulsively unedited bloggers, right? I mean, this, that same generation are the are the ones who are blogging or or writing, certainly tweeting, with no sense of punctuation, no sense of complete complete thought, uh, no sense that once you've droned on for five thousand words, maybe you should go read it one time and cut out. 2,500 of those words Mm -hmm. to make your thing tighter, to make your thing better. So on the one hand, the culture is speeding headlong into this like over sanitized, like, like lack of lack of any uh, sign of human hands ever being laid on the thing, just like robot music. Mm -hmm. And on the other hand, like the, the written culture is this is this world of people just like it's just it's just spew culture right where there's no there's they haven't done they haven't done the minimum amount of editing to make it even seem human so it's inhumane in the other way where it's uh it's so rude and so scatological it's not even yeah i'm trying to think of an, an analogy i i don't completely disagree if i'd love to see anybody write a five thousand word post i don't think that happens anymore even oh my if it's God, a bad I see one it all the time you, you, you not on like a not professional the... not a professional blog that's the problem well, what's a professional blog it's called pro blogging and go go anywhere where somebody posts like this is so boring post 50 <laughs> times a day we're not supposed to talk about the internet on here all right sorry you're right you're right but no no little... but no here think of it this way like i i kind of lament well, what's weird? iTunes has kind of brought this back, but I kind of lament the loss of the single as as an art form. Like, there's so many bands I like that 
the move comes to mind, but there are so many bands that, or the Beatles, like a lot of the Beatles best stuff never appeared on a proper English album. They mm -hmm. got glommed together for some American abortions, oh. but, but the, um, but you know, yeah, what I mean, like yesterday and today or whatever is really just, uh, like a collection of singles and Americans don't deserve good things. Well, and then what's cool is when they put out the proper UK versions on CD, then they made past masters one and two, which were fantastic, but they're singles collections. You didn't like oh, that? No, are you kidding? I loved it, but. But we're talking about the Beatles. Well, here's the thing. Though. We should reserve that for our podcast. I imagine John this. and Merlin talk about the Beatles. Uh, I got that on a, an I've had that on a card every week. John <laughs> or uh, Paul McCartney. The uh, here's the, like yesterday. Uh, we uh, were listening sure. to uh, the Cockrock Station, and they played "Over the Hills and Far Away," <laughs> which I think is close to the point where Led Zeppelin became less interesting, but they were still interesting. And it's a great song. It was a physical graffiti. I think so. Anyway, it's a good, yeah. it's a good song. But what's funny is it's got dynamic range to it. Like it's loud and quiet. And then at the end, I don't know if it's an, it might be an ARP. It might be an electric piano, but John Paul Jones plays this like little quiet bit at the end. It fades out and then it fades back in. Mm -hmm. And in the noise of our kitchen, I was like, oh, this, the song went off, even though I've hundred, heard it a hundred times. I was like, and then it comes back in. Like you would never hear that today. You would never hear something like, um, What's the Beatles song that's got the long fade out and the fade back in? Was it not I'm the Walrus or Strawberry Fields? Anyway. No, it's, um, it's, um, she's so heavy. Yeah. Oh, no, it's not. No, it's not. There's it's another a, one. There's another one of the, the anyway. The, 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 Is Helter Skelter? Yeah. Yeah, maybe. You can do, you can do that today because people would flip the channel, right? And that's, that's why. So think of it this way, though. Jim. I don't know. The Fleet Foxes might do it. Because they're artists. I've never heard the Fleet Foxes. It's, it's these names are just mm. crazy making to me. Uh, anyway, hear the Fleet Foxes, I never got to back to Yuck because Yuck's important in this conversation. But think of it this way: with the whole blog racket, the thing is, if you want to make any money on a blog, you have to post a lot and often and get people to click through and stuff. Mm. And so the whole nature of that is to produce these things that aren't aren't even singles. What you're producing is the equivalent of like a first draft of a jingle. And it mm -hmm. might be a jingle based on somebody else's song. And you might bury the fact that that's somebody else's song in a link, uh, you know, after the jump, as they say, or whatever. Like, you know, and, and this is why I can't read this stuff anymore, because it really, it really has become uh, such a, uh, it's become such a factory of unpalatable confections. Like, well, tell me what, tell me how you, how you deal with this, because, because your life. <laughs> I don't, I don't have a blog anymore. It's how well, but, I deal but, with this. But, but you are, you are so internet, you're so wrapped up in the internet. Yeah. And yet, you feel these moments. I'm certainly feeling one right now, where you don't have to step back from the internet very far at all to feel like, uh, well, this could consume my every waking moment, or maybe it's absolutely meaningless. Like maybe none of this matters at all. And I, I, I can't think of a. I can't think of a precedent in human life where there was something like this that could be so all-encompassing and yet potentially, and, th and this is the thing, I think the jury's still out, potentially be like, meh, really add up to bupkis. Yeah, but I, but I mean, the problem there is that, oh God, this is so tedious. The problem there is that it's the internet is not the problem. That That's <clears> like, that's not like, uh, that's kind of like, like not liking books or not liking music. Well, I agree with that in it's principle. It's a medium. It's except, just it's just a medium. Except it isn't just a medium. That books are not a thing that you sit and use to talk to your friends and keep in touch with your grandmother and store all your photos and I mean Oh, you're saying it's it's now taking on the role of such a broader thing. It's it, it, people are putting their entire lives yeah. on the thing and spending their entire lives on the thing. I I don't know. I'm just I'm going through a really weird phase right now where I'm feeling like it's because you argue with people. You got to quit arguing with people. Oh, you got you, you need to argue with people. Be happy, sleep, have turkey. What do those things feel yeah. like? Yeah, I I'm I, so I'm so mad right now. Oh, I, I want to hear about this. I only fin want to finish one thought that hopefully will bring this together in, in some ways. Which is this is this is what it means to be old. What mm. it means to be old. 
uh, is that you hear some band and you go, as I've said a hundred times, oh, they're pretty good. Well, what that really reminds me of is Joy Division. And then I go listen to Unknown Pleasures. I, I listen to this other band. They go, oh, that's really cool. That's like a fifth generation Buzzcocks thing. And that makes you want to go listen to what singles going steady or whatever, and so on and so on. This makes you want to go listen. Inevitably, I end back with these same 35 albums, sure. like the, like Pixies. I always end up so often going, this just makes you want to go listen to Come On Pilgrim. Sure, or, or you know, or or whatever. Except the, the kids don't have those that access well, to the source the material. Kids, the kids change. People always talk about the kids. I don't know. But so what I'm saying is, with the internet, as you call it, uh, for me, that's about finding trusted sources that you like. And Twitter's a great example. There's no, you don't have to see. Well, before they added the, all the bullshit with the promoted stuff, you don't have to see anything on Twitter. You don't want to see unless you choose to see it. But so, I'm talking about I'm talking about zooming out a lot further than that to a place where where the question of what makes a valuable life is like, did you chop some wood today? You know, yeah, you can, cater, you can you curate. You, you, the literally, you literally do not want to get me started on this. Because <laughs> I, you know, I, I... This is what you do for a living. I'm a dick about that point professionally. <laughs> that's kind of what I do. This, that's why I come here. Talk about Busman's Holiday. This is like yeah. fucking karaoke for me. <laughs> you're right. You're right. Okay, and I'd be remiss not to uh, close this thread with two points. I went ahead and I did... Um, I'm pulling a lot of threads together here, John. Using mm-hmm. an extraordinary amount of pitch correction and compression, I did record a version of mm-hmm. my karaoke jam. Uh, so you can listen to Kenny Rogers, uh, She Believes in Me. And yeah. did you use pitch correction in? A little bit, yeah. Oh, I deliberately nice. overprocessed it to make the point. But it's uh, She yeah. Believes in Me by Kenny Rogers. The other thing, <clears throat> now this band, Yuck, uh, I love it. It's great. But here's what's funny about that is you listen to it, and the instant the first song comes on, it gives me total wood because it sounds exactly like Teenage Fan Club being covered by Dinosaur. Like it's hmm. Dinosaur sound with it, like a teenage, like everything flows teenage fan club song. And you start listening to it, and then it sounds a little bit like Sonic Youth. It sounds a little bit like a, the later teenage fan club. Now, what's funny about that? What's funny about that is each one of those bands sounds like other bands before them. Like mm. teenage fan club already sounded a lot like Sonic Youth and Dinosaur. So mm. it's weird to me that like you talk about recursion. Like I don't know if I'm going to listen to this album for six months. I don't know if six months from now I'll still be listening to this because it is like a, a lot like a highlights reel of the 90s for me. Mm-hmm the late 80s and early 90s, which is my favorite period in music, I have to say. Well, mm. I mean that in the mid-60s. But anyway, the, the point being, like, that's that's the weird thing. And this is, brings me around to James Joyce, which we should come back to. But um, that, that's all I wanted to say about that. Uh, now, now I want to hear about what you're angry about. I'm always interested in what's uh, burning you up. Oh, I had another note here. So do you think you're more like Charles Corralt than uh, Bruce Valanche? Be honest. Don't overthink it. Mm-hmm. I'll come back to that. Um, what are you angry about, John? What's, what's, uh, what's the bee in your bonnet? Oh, I, I'm, I'm, I think I'm just angry at that, at the, at the fact that I, I feel like I, I'm a non-starter now. I, I'm, I'm not, I'm not, uh, I'm not making the transition. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not changing gears to get with the times. Hmm. I feel like I am a stick in the mud. Not a stick in the mud, old exactly. Fogey? Not exactly an old fogey. No, hmm. no. I, I feel like uh, there, there's a um, frustrated contrarian. Yeah, that's it. Frustrated contrarian. I feel like I have been counter. You know, the 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 the, the mistake you make when you see the problem in everything is to is to is to take solace in the in the contrary, and that is not a position where you're 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 making anything. It's not an active place. Yeah, it's what teenagers it's a, do. It's a passive place. It's a it's what teenagers do. It's what pundits do. It's what uh, there's. It's a respectable place in in modern life, you know. People people love the guy that sits on the side and and kvetches. Some people but, some people turn that into art. Well, Kinks. I'm, look at the Kinks. Look at the Kinks. Think about <laughs> think about the the classic Kinks arc, starting especially with something else going through Muswell Hillbillies. Like, mm-hmm. each one of those records is in some ways a, uh, get ready for two uh, SAT words, a, 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 a pastoral, how do you say peon? Well, that's not making it sound like penis. How do you say that? It's Greek. <laughs> it's got a P-A-E in it. Peon. Tribute. Peon. 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 To, uh, to, uh, to an old British pastoral life. That's what Village Green Preservation Society fucking means. So they, I'm just saying, and that guy was crazy too, like you. So you, you could, you could do your uh, Emerald City uh, Preservation Society because I know. But you, you know that. what he had? He had a brother that he hated. He hit him. 
that he needed you know he had a brother that he that he made all that music to really probably just to thwart his brother just to provoke him <laughs> just to make his brother mad like oh check it out i wrote another five great songs today younger suckier i think dave i think dave brother. was the tommy shaw of uh the kinks well see and that uh, oh uh, tommy shaw I thought you were talking about Tommy Stinson. I think he's the Tommy Stinson of the Kings. Oh, the one who keeps it rocking. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, you know, that's good. But I was going to say Tommy Shaw because he wanted, like Tommy Stinson. You know what it could be, John? Do you think everybody named Tommy in a band wants to rock more than their people are rocking? Hmm. Who are some of the other Tommies? That's all I got. Well, there's Tommy. Hmm. Hmm. I don't know. Hmm. That's but a good Dave, Davies Harmony, though, that's what makes those songs. The thing is, I, I, I think that it, I think you, for a curmudgeon, if a curmudgeon does not have a nemesis, then the world becomes the curmudgeon's nemesis. Whereas if a curmudgeon has a nemesis, he can he can focus all that energy on a on a, a solitary point, right? And then and then the the kind of the smoke clears. Uh, he can look at the rest of the world with a little bit more of a, if not rosy, then at least like open-minded kind of sense that like, oh, I, everything I hate, I reposit in this, in my asshole little brother or in... Oh, you need, you know what you need? My you, antithesis. You need a smart hate sink. You, you need somewhere, you need somebody who's a worthy, a, a worthy uh, opponent for you that can be your, uh, what, uh, like your, uh, uh, what would you call it? You're not a whipping boy, but like, uh, you know, uh, Shirley Jackson lottery type situation. Yeah, but here's the problem. Uh, these days, you get into an argument with anybody. You get into an argument with everybody, John. Everyone- well, I do get into an argument with everybody, but, but you get into an argument with somebody, let's say, for instance, and it, a lot of it happens on texting now, which I know is a terrible way to conduct an argument. <laughs> But that's Wait a where, minute, you're not talking about Twitter. You're talking about your friends. Oh, yeah, I'm texting <laughs> with my friends and arguing with them because a lot of you're them... You're not talking about J Random Dude who likes no. one song your band did, followed you, and now hates you for talking about Nazis. No, 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 I'm talking about the people that occupy my, my daily life. Your, your friends. That I get into arguments with because <laughs> they are idiots a lot of times, and I'm, and I'm here to straighten them out. And mm-hmm. then we get into a text argument, and here's what people do these days. They, they send three or four, like whiny bitchy text back and forth and then they go okay you know what that's it i'm done hmm. you go what are you talking about we're 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 having an argument and they're like nope i'm done god so, i wish i could know who these people are you're done what do you mean done you're not done this isn't a this isn't like a this isn't a pop quiz that you're just like over yeah. we're having an argument like re-engage but nobody wants to engage nobody wants to engage in in a in a discourse that is anything other than than constantly reassuring, constantly validating. Right. You know, their their conversations with other people and the world, they everybody's structuring their world now so that the news they get and the the, the texts that they get from their friends are always mm-hmm. like, You're the best, two thumbs up. Oh my god, I love this. This gets thing. us back to a, to two core points, which is the bad words. Mm. And I, I don't want to beat this to death, but the fact that you're not going to be able to help them if they're just looking for you to console them. What you have to offer them, the penetration of your help in a lot of ways, is, is to force them to stay with it. And maybe maybe to but literally pro- stay up all night texting to receive here's, it. Here's the problem I'm No, you may not go right to bed. Now. We're not done. <laughs> I am really – I'm up a creek right now because I'm realizing that their refusal to stay with it is not only – they are not only missing out on the opportunity to have me straighten them out. But I'm feeling the I'm feeling the loneliness. I'm feeling the estrangement from from try, from having my primary way of engaging with other people to be or, or you know traditionally being like, hey, um, that thing that you just did was fucked up, and here's why. And that's my primary way of 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 uh, of talking to people, and nobody wants to hear it anymore. Everybody's like, ah, that's it. You said you've said too much, and uh, and so I'm I like. I, doors are closing all around me. Nobody wants to be my friend anymore. Oh, I find that very hard to believe, John. And, and, well, be, or at least I can't. Conti- I can't. I can't maintain a, a thread of conversation that goes through the five stages of conversation of of argumentative conversation. The Kubler Ross thing, which are you know, like first you, Bargain, bargaining. You you, you start <laughs> off with a premise that you both agree on the initial premise 
Then you find the thing that you that you disagree about. Mm-hmm. Then you inflate the significance of your disagreement until you really have an all-out war about something. Mm-hmm. And then you resort to ad hominem attacks. And then you realize that you're fighting over something that doesn't matter to either one of you. Then you apologize and have rough sex. <laughs> yeah, essentially. You apologize and take the other one out for coffee or whatever. Choke them or, or whatever. Or have some rough sex. But now you get up to, you, you, you start, you get up to the ad hominem attacks uh, place, oh. <laughs> which is a place I don't like to go. I'm not you're, an ad hominem attacker. That's, I, I, only mention that, I only mention that plateau because that's where people... That's where that's where most you're people You just worry that so many so many of these cocksuckers are out there working on uh, ad hominem attacks. Yeah, they start they start with some ad hominem attacks at me and all I can do is reply in kind. John, I don't want And wanna, then they're I, like, I, "I'm done. I'm I done." I don't want to give you a note. Stuff. I don't I don't like to give you notes, but can I can I just make one I do not want to become part of the problem? I'm begging for notes right now. Is there a chance that text messages are an imperfect medium for the level of discourse that you're looking for? But the thing about the thing about text messaging that is, wasn't really an answer. Here's the problem. <laughs> the thing about here's, text here's messaging. The thing about text messages. That I'm great at it. I am great at carrying on an argument via text messaging, and it's just that other people can't keep up. I'm, it's so infuriating. Well, you know, John, I I'll drop some serious hmm. science on somebody in a text message, yeah. and all they read is that I said something about their mom. And I'm right. like, no, 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 no. I said something about your mom in you the resort, context. resort to the ad hominem uh, attack. <laughs> John, you know what you need? I, I don't want to give you a note here, but you need, you need, to, you need, oh, I fucking hate when people talk about this movie. You need your own version of Fight Club. You need to meet with other assholes who, in- who, who though? Who can I, who, who? Well, I don't know. I mean, apparently the guy was was fake the whole time. Spoiler alert. But but, but here's the Uh-oh. thing. You need, if you, here's the thing. You are essentially Uh-oh. saying that people are arguing wrong. Right, yeah, and so you right. need to find somebody who agrees that your incredibly broken way of, of communicating with people <laughs> is not only acceptable, but right? is really the kind of thing that could be very relaxing. So, yeah. I, I saw, so eventually, a somnambulant. When you're done, when you're both literally both of your batteries have run out, uh, your phones have died. You can finally go to sleep for a couple hours before the Alec Guinness movies start. This is what I'm saying to you, John: is you need to seek out somebody in an underground culture. I'm not mm-hmm. saying go to the go see Fleet Foxes or something. Are they even underground? Still, not really. You're, you're saying that it's some kind of dominatrix culture. Where, where not at all not at all it's it's closer to that stupid fight club thing you need to meet with a lot of broken people who mm-hmm. uh, buy things from ikea and then like to hit each other in a basement mm-hmm. you need to find somebody who likes the same thing that you do mm-hmm. and, and and in time in the fullness of time john i think you need if i may say i'm not giving you a note here i'm not mm-hmm. giving you anything i on, appreciate that you need to narrow your focus onto one nemesis not somebody you hate mm-hmm. somebody you grudgingly respect who you can text with all night so that you can have friends again your thoughts on well, there this. there are so many of those. Uh, uh, there are a lot of people that I grudgingly respect, but the problem with the problem with that is that there, there's always this uh, uh, friction. Hi- friction. Well, no hierarchies are so tenuous now. Like back in the old days, if mm-hmm. if we lived in a, if let's say we lived in Cedar Falls, Cedar Rapids. Let's mm-hmm. say we lived in Cedar Rapids in uh, 1900, right? Uh, uh, there would be a, there, there, there's a limited number of people in the town. Nobody's moving anywhere. You pick your nemesis. You pick your friends. You you, you figure out what the hierarchy of you know of of uh, the group is. Everybody's got their everybody's on their Maslow trip or whatever, and then you then you hash it out on a daily basis. But now these hierarchies are all spread across the internet, so that if if you engage with somebody and they don't like your tone or they don't like your they don't like the cut of your jib or whatever they just they don't have to turn their back on you they just turn their focus 3 degrees away from you and there are 10,000 other people who are vying for their attention mm-hmm. you know what i mean this is the problem with uh with uh, particularly when you become more of a public person yourself then you're in a you're in a realm where you're talking to other public people and you all have You'll all have only to turn your attention one or two degrees in any direction, and a whole new world opens up. So nobody has the nobody has the uh, uh, the skin in the game enough mm-hmm. to sit and really engage with somebody who is who is counter them. You know what I mean? I nobody, do. I nobody do. wants to sit and have somebody make points at their expense. 
for a prolonged period of time, which is what having an argument with me is like. Just sitting across from me while I numerically, where I, where I enumerate all the reasons mm-hmm. that they are flawed and they have to just accept it if they have a brain in their head. Nobody wants to do that. They just turn their attention three degrees. There are 10,000 other people on Twitter who are there telling them that they're great and that they love their stuff and that they're, they can't wait for their new blog post or their new book or whatever. And, and something is lost. I'm feeling the loss. Nobody's talking to me that way anymore. Mm. I mean, even a few years ago, you would read reviews of your band that were some of them still pretty scathing. I mean, obviously, I haven't put out a record in years, but you've, you, you hardly even see intelligent criticism, uh, intelligent negative criticism anymore on the internet. It's just yes. fan stuff, or it's, or it's, uh, it's like real base level takedown stuff. But I, but I'm not talking about the internet now. I'm talking about my relationships with people in my own town. Did this used to did this used to work for you? I mean, I I, I just can't get away from the problem with the texting. I I, I, I yeah, I'll, I'll set that aside if you want. Well, I, I just like cannot I, think of a worse way <laughs> short short of like sending chess moves through the mail. I cannot think of a worse way to try and have an intelligent conversation with someone. One of the problems might be mm-hmm. that I have a mental illness. No, no, no. Let's let's really set that aside because I I really like this show. <laughs> Well, I mean, you know, Edgar, I don't, I, you're Edgar, right. Edgar Bergen goes, you know what, asshole, you're actually made of wood. I'm, I'm trying. I'm, <laughs> he I'm, needs him for the act. I'm trying to say to myself, don't carry on arguments with people via text messaging. But then I do it anyway. Oh, because there's a part huh. of me that, that, that likes to take relationships up to the edge <laughs> to <laughs> see what they're made of. I think I think that's starting to become clear. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that isn't paying off for me right now. Yeah. I hmm. Hmm. Are yeah. these people are these people I, uh, that I, I know or am familiar with that you're having these text arguments with? Some of them? <laughs> yeah, some of them you know. Mm-hmm. In mm-hmm. fact, most of them you probably know. I'm familiar with in some way. You're familiar with them, yeah. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Hmm. I texted someone in California the other day. Uh not not the other day, last night. I texted a friend in California. And I considered provoking an argument with them just to see what happened. And then at the last minute, I realized I was too tired. Hmm. And so I, I kept it at the level of, I kept our text exchange at the level of fun banter. Exhaustion is really all that keeps you civil. That, that, that or, more. or an argument with yourself about, about, uh, that you refuse to listen to, uh, mm-hmm. uh, about what you could be doing wrong with this process. You got a lot of, John, this is a multi-layered cake, if I may say, my friend. It really is. You like cake. Here's what I'm terrified of. Mm -hmm. I am terrified of niceness. I do not want to become nice. I do not want to get indoctrinated into a world where niceness is the currency. And yet, I don't, I, I have never wanted to be intentionally rude or mean. Not at all. So, uh, 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 and I, right now I'm stuck in this polarized, the, the 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 pull from the from the dark side to just you know to just start to get bitter and mean and angry for its own sake i i, I don't I, obviously i don't want to go that direction but but everything is so nice now everyone on the other side is so cotton candy pink poofy la la mm-hmm. and i just can't relate to that way of talking to each other not not if not anybody that i care about Hmm. So I don't know what to do. I don't want to become nice. You ever thought, you ever thought of volunteering home. somewhere? Because I think if you were to go to a local home for the aged, for example, maybe a hospice. Oh, old people smell bad. Exactly. It gives you all the more ammunition. And here's the thing they can't leave. These are people who think they're... <laughs> let me just give you... Okay, wow. So you, hey, you might be on to something. Well, here's the thing. They you think may, you know, old man? You think you know? That's right. Keep going. <laughs> here's the thing. You now, don't know. You, Korea? Korea. Yeah. That's... That's your feather in your you cap. call that a police action? That was no police action. Yeah. Well, there's two things I like about this, John, and the, 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 you're not going to like either of them. But here's the first one is they don't text. And I think this is good. This takes you out of your comfort zone or discomfort zone increasingly. You're going to get in there with people who literally smell like pee and are very close to death. They're not going to be – they're not – 
this is going to force you into a new medium. Now, what you may or may not like, I don't know if this is going to make them uh, a worthy adversary. I'm just saying you might find a nemesis in a, in a really deeply crippled man with, with dementia, partly because he can't leave. He right. can't. He can't not text you back. He 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 literally is in a bed and immobile. Sure. And he, you know what? He might be spunky. You could go from room all to room. Of my ideas back in the '60s. He hasn't learned a new thing since the Johnson administration. He probably, he probably the waning days. He probably hated you before you were born. Wow. He probably hated your dad, Pinko. I, I like I like the sound of this. Well, I it's a start. I think if you were to go somewhere, like, yeah, I do feel like there is room in my life for selflessness. I hmm. I'm gonna, There's room in all of our lives for selflessness. I don't have a further enough place to set that aside, but I'm going to write selflessness. Well, selflessness. It, it would it would it would help. I think getting getting out of your home to argue with people uh, in a different environment. Uh, is not a bad start. You know, right. if you were to go somewhere, you know, I think part of it's your phone, John. Maybe you should get rid of your phone. Have you thought about that? I have thought about it. I, I, maybe I should get rid of my you phone. You could change your texting plan. Ugh. You just I, made me so mad at AT&T. Oh, so brother. So mad at them. Brother, that is a can of, what was it, worms? But no, and you know what tuna? I have? I have unlimited texting grandfathered in from back when they offered that. Oh, I fucked up and lost mine. And they want, they're always trying to get me to do some new thing so I lose my unlimited texting. I That's bought, I, I bought a service from them. I added something to my bill. And so I lost my grandfathering. How's that for high quality service? Yeah. See, and that's that's the thing they want to do. That they want to sucker you every time. This I learned this from Verizon when I was on them back in the old days, mm-hmm. where you know they're like, "Hey, take advantage of this great opportunity we're offering you." And I was like, "That's amazing." Okay, and then they said, "Ah, but you no longer have free weekends, nights, and friends because you changed your plan, and so now you're paying for all these things that." You used to. This is some old plan, you know. Would you would you be uh, averse to hearing another uh, suggestion? Yeah, no, no, no. I, I I wouldn't be adverse. Okay, I think you'll like it because it involves your phone. Averse. What if you call companies uh, that made products you don't use and had a beef with them in customer service just to get the ball rolling? You know, this is a thing that my sister does to great effect. I love your sister. I would have followed. I would have followed her for eight months in college. She loves this. Oh, if, she's if, so cute. I swear to you, if you if you have a problem. With customer service, you can call my sister and ask her to deal with it, and she will happily embrace your customer service. My friend problem. Pete's like that. We used to call him Action Line because if you ever had, it was like calling the local news station. If you ever need anything done, and that's the role your, your sister fills here, is she is more than happy to wait that thing out and wear them down. Oh yeah, and 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 she'll get a customer service person online uh, uh, on the phone, and. You're only hearing one side of the conversation, and you are thinking, oh, my God, this person's going to hang up on her. My sister is absolutely scorched earth, right? I mean, she's just reading this person, the riot act, with the biggest smile on her face, just having the time of her life. <laughs> and a half an hour later, I swear to you, the the customer service person is giving my sister her home number. They're making plans to go snowboarding. She has given my sister everything plus that she asked for. I mean, she wins every time. I saw her do this one time. We were on a train in uh, the former Czechoslovakia, but in the Slovakian portion. We were in Slovakia, and these border guards get on the train, and we're just passing through Slovakia. where It was a night train. These border guards get on the train, and this is early days. Uh, They were very... They were still very like uh, Warsaw Pact stripes, and they're coming through the car and they're checking everybody's visa, and they get to our cabin and they're like passports, and we hand them our passports. We're fast asleep, you know, and they're like your 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 visas are invalid. You're gonna have to get off the train at the next stop, Hmm. and it's it's three o'clock in the morning, and. and we pull into this station, and the station's closed. It's like some little teeny village. And my sister says, we're not getting off this train. You know, I'm packing my bag. Like, oh, fuck, what are we going to do? And she's like, we're not getting off this train. And these guys with machine guns are like, no, you get off. You have to get off the train. You know, they don't speak any English. And she gets right up in their faces in the, in the, you know, in the hallway of a, of a sleeping car. And she's like, we're not fucking getting off this train. Fuck you. Mm. And they're like, you know, incredibly fierce, stone-faced, like Red Army soldier types. 
And you watch these guys absolutely start to quiver in fear as this blonde girl stands on their boot, their boot toes, gets right up in their face, and she's like, "We're Americans. We're going to call in a fucking airstrike on you if you if you if you bat an eyelash at me right now. We are going on to Prague. We are going to take this up with the, with your boss at the embassy. We're going to you know blah 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 standing there with my bag and her bag. Like, no, no, no. It's okay. It's all right. I, I'm fine to get off here." And she's like, you're not moving, and you're not moving. And the train car is full of people, you know, gypsies piling in to watch this girl <laughs> go off on these army guys. And then an officer comes, and he speaks a little English, and she's in his face. And pretty soon, I swear to you, she makes this whole thing, like, the guards are laughing. She's, like, poking them. She's got nicknames for them. And... You know, that pretty soon everybody on the train car is singing a song together. And I'm just standing there like, I don't know how she does it. I do not, I do not understand it. I watch it happen right in front of me. And I don't know where she, how she makes the turn that suddenly everybody's. Not only like how she does it, because anybody can do it, but like how does she make it work? Oh, it makes it work. And, and, and the train keeps moving and we end up with like somebody comes and stamps our passports. And it's just like, I don't know how this, I didn't even know there was somebody on the train that could do that. When, when your North Face experience, it was North Face, right? With the bag problem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When that ended, was there any singing of songs? Oh, no. Everybody was furious. Humiliated and furious. It really, it really of, was to get you out of there, get the Yeti out of the oh store. Yeah, they, they, they wanted me out because I was on the phone with corporate headquarters. People were telling me up and down. <laughs> Call your editor at the New York Times. It could and couldn't happen, you know. <laughs> and when I left there, there was no like pat, ha, patting on the back and handshakes. I, you know, I grabbed my booty and, and I, I mean, I definitely strutted out the front door triumphal. And, you're, but, you're, and, uh, you're, and your sister never has to resort to just. Like uh, yelling, oh, no. Google me. No, no, no. Susan, That's, that is really, I would love to have somebody like that in my life every day. What do you, yeah. what do you learn from that, John? He's incredibly gifted. I don't know what it is. I don't, I don't, and there are, you see people like it on the world. And the 10 minute, the thing is, the 10 minutes where she is right up in their face is so excruciating, even to witness, hmm. that you have to be prepared to go all the way, I think. To come out the other side and have everybody be friends. The the release of tension when she when she smiles and goes, right, buddy, eh? Like the release of tension is so great at that moment that everybody's just like, Oh my God, I marry me. So you envious know? of that. And with me, it's I never I you know, I uh, the it's I always try and use reason long past the point that my sister has abandoned reason entirely. And is just living in a completely emotional world. I'm still trying to reason with the person. And the other person's mind shut. You know, the steel doors shut at a certain point. And all they're trying to do is manage you. Get you out of their store or get you away from them, you know. So they're not hearing anything. They're not listening to reason anymore. They're not trying to understand where you're coming from. Mm -hmm. They're just like, they're just like, I have to deal with this person. I have to get them away from me. I have to get them out of here. And... By that point, it's too late to go to like full emo- full nuclear emotion, uh, like mushroom cloud, because their doors are already shut. But my sister goes there right away, like she gets right inside these people's world, and they can't shut the door behind her. She's already like she's already chewing on their cerebral cortex. So. Is there is there a chance though? I mean, setting aside that you're not as let's be honest, not as gifted at the at this as your as your sister is. True. Is it partly that with things like typing on uh, on a, a costly phone, you're not really standing on anybody's boots, no. whether it's logic or emotion or any of the uh, contradictory things you imply to try and get people to, to. I will not climb up on the front of someone's boots for two reasons. One, I don't have like a lot of people have a belief system. And they will climb up on the front of somebody's boots because their because their belief system is driving them. And I don't have a, a a system of belief. I have a I have generalized beliefs. I have beliefs that are that are that are discrete from one another. But I don't have a system of beliefs that will put me up on somebody's boots. Mm-hmm. 
And the other thing is that in that situation, fully half of my brain is thinking, wow, getting kicked off this train at this tiny little village in Slovakia is going to be a real adventure. (laughs) And so I'm like gathering my bags with one eye out of the train already. Like, let's get kicked off this train. Let's find out what happens next. And what happens next is often that you sleep outside of a train station until the morning and deal with some functionary and get on a new train. But that always seems to me more or potentially more interesting or at least as interesting as standing your ground and fighting to stay on this train. I don't care about this train. I don't want to stay on this train necessarily. But my my sister is one of those people who, if you say, you have to get off this train, her first instinct is, no, I don't. And that isn't my first instinct. My first instinct is to say, why? Oh, I do? Oh, well, let's make the best of it. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, and those people whose first instinct is to say, no, I don't. Well, you have to get off this train, miss. No, I don't. Like, those people are incredibly frustrating in a lot of ways dealing with them in the world. She's really closer to like somebody in the CIA or, or like interrogating somebody where first you got to break them down and then, it, then you got to show them a way out. I think that's mm-hmm. the basis, yep. you know, of, and that's of, how, I mean, she and a lot of people, a lot of people that I come up against in the world who have tremendous power, mm-hmm. you find that that's how they operate, that they're just like, they, they, uh, they are not trying to, in those moments, they're just like, here's what's going to happen. I'm going to beat you and then I'm going to make then I'm going to make you feel good about it. But first I have to beat you. First I have to own you and beat you. And then I'm going to I'm going to give you a I'm going to give you a pat I'm going to I'm going to make you fall in love with me at the end. Yeah, Stockholm syndrome. Yeah, and for me like beating other people is never interesting to me. What's interesting to me is being right. <laughs> and if the other person is truly right, which is so infrequently the case, mm-hmm. but if they are truly right, then nothing gives me greater happiness than to admit it. It's just that you... Than to adopt their worldview. It's just that you, encou- you encounter it so infrequently. It's very rare. I think I'm, maybe this show can be a platform for you, John. Maybe our program could be a way for you to meet some people who don't, who don't know they want to be beaten into mm-hmm. emotional, logical outcomes yet. This could this could be a chance. Maybe you could maybe you could visit with people. Maybe some people could text you, and you could just do a try on. I like to meet people who are right. It's so rare. Yeah, it's just it's more of a challenge for you, right? You, you want to be you don't want you don't want somebody you want to, you don't want to be up against somebody who's punching above their weight, right? You want somebody who you could who you can really really frustrate late into the night. Well, I want somebody who you want you want them to know why they're being frustrated. Here's the thing: I like people who are right. And then I like to show them the other, the the other ways in which maybe, maybe you should they be in this. Considered. Maybe you should be in the CIA. <laughs> you might have to lose a little I weight. I thought about that for so long. I really wanted to be in the CIA, and it was only later when I realized that that ninety nine percent of the people in the CIA, you know, could just as easily be working at Verizon for how interesting the, their work is. <laughs> you know, like it's yeah. it's dull work. The fact that the, you know, the fact that the intel that they're processing is supposedly secret mm-hmm. doesn't make it any less just that they're sorting they're sorting through boxes I've, of always paper. Been, I've been intrigued by that for whatever 10 10 11 years now because i remember after um 9 11 they, they talked you heard that phrase human mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. human intelligence and and they're essentially saying it's not any we don't really have a problem of not having data it's just that we've got so much data that it's it's difficult to find a pattern or a you know an outlier that would be useful Right. That you can Too then much sort data. of track down. Well, I mean, if you have more data than you have resources to filter and act upon it, like that's a, that's a whole different kind of problem because your old problems don't go away once you've got all that data. You still got to file the paperwork and you still got to torture the guy in the trailer or whatever. But right. now you've also got to go through all of these thousands of pages of, uh, of people speaking in Arabic, you know, or, or whatever. Well, and just hoping to find that one, that one communication where somebody says, Let's go blow up that thing. Mm-hmm. And no, that never happens. You know, I think, I think the, the premise of the CIA is, 
is like the like the same premise that so many conspiracy theorists have, which is that there's somebody on top that has a master plan. Mm-hmm. The CIA was built to combat the Soviets. Uh, it's going to be about the Cold War, isn't it? And there, there was somebody on top. There was a master plan, but there's no master plan anymore. It's like groups of four and five guys who mostly mostly are incompetent. The CIA is an anachronism. I don't. I I find very little about that organization to respect anymore. I think this is. I mean, I used to have tremendous respect for them. You mean like when we were in Central America? Well, all that tremendous work they did in Chile. And Angola, Angola, yeah. Where's, were, where's the soccer no, stadium? Is that Argentina? They were at the top of their game, right? <laughs> Those are some guys. You should find out some uh, some text, some mobile phone numbers of people in the CIA. They might they might be really mm-hmm. into it. Mm. I um, this is what I find so concerning about the whole TSA airport deal. Now, this Uh-oh. is a cliche to talk about this, but I mean, there's something there's something emblematic of what's wrong with so many things when you, when you go through there, and you know. There's ob- it is completely as people say security theater, you know it really it's like going to a play. It's just that the actors are all like barely high school graduates, right? And the script is it's like a, it's like going to an improv play where the script is it where it's really like let's get two words from the audience. Okay, first word, you're in charge. Second word, uh, you're in charge. <laughs> You know, like there's no script. There's just there's just these high school high school dropouts. But you like, know, it's 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 just it's like uh, it's like tissue paper on top of tissue paper. The entire thing is farcical. Down to the fact that somebody noted the other day, a friend of mine mentioned that you know they they shouldn't even have uniforms. They're hmm. bureaucrats. The people who are searching you, the people who went through whatever you know a couple weeks of training to have that job. God bless them. I'm glad they got a job. But they're they're not even they're not police officers. Hmm. They're bureaucrats. They don't, you know, whatever, whatever, you know, ability they have to do stuff to you is by making a call. They're basically, they're basically like security guards. Mm-hmm. And they and, have uniforms. Security guards do. They do. I mean, you could buy a security guard uniform, which I imagine you probably already have a couple. But well, the, well I don't want to get into it. I, again, <laughs> the armory problem. Well, let's see. The uniforms I have, I could, I could masquerade as an Air Force colonel. Okay, here's the thing. I, I, I want to hear this, but here I want to fit one thought. This right. is like of all you distill all of this down. Take away everything. Take take away take away the uh, the silliness of trying to chase around a shoe bomber. So now we got to take our shoes off. Setting all of that stuff aside. Setting aside the lady who has to take off her colostomy bag. Setting aside like yelling at at the the old Indian lady who's got the the water for her pills. Setting all of that aside. All you have to do is see one thing happen to understand the problem, which is the special line for people who work at the airport. And so Mm -hmm. a janitor walks by with a giant, giant garbage can waves and walks through. Mm -hmm. That's all you need to know. That is all you need to know about the entire thing is like, there's Gus who's making $9 and 40 cents an hour walking by with basically what probably like a, uh, probably like a 10, uh, no, it'd be more than 10, probably like a hundred gallon, like a giant, you know what I mean? Those huge things for trash. Yeah. You're looking – wait a minute. Let me understand. You're taking Huge off my shoes because you think I have one ounce of explosives in my shoe and there's a guy going through there that could, could have Blue Boy in there? Like yeah. you got to be kidding me. Like that's all you need to know. Well, general – My mom always- brought a box cutter, accidentally <laughs> brought a box cutter on a plane and discovered it only when she opened up her laptop casing. I don't know why my mom carries a box cutter. She might be a sleeper cell. But she didn't realize it until she opened it and she completely flipped. And this I was is like, post 9-11. Oh, absolutely. This is like very soon after 9-11 when, when, you know, when there was all just the complete craziness. And, right. uh, but, you know, I, I mean, come on. Like I, I had an unbroken stretch of like three years where I never set off the beep. And then <laughs> one time I forgot to take a pen out of my pocket and they touched my nads. Oh, I got the nads. I got the nad grab, and I got oh. the over. You know what's the only thing more galling no than a nad ever grab? No my nads. Well, that's you know. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to hear that. It's sad, <laughs> but it goes on and on, and then they keep talking to you. It's real creepy. It's like one of those apologetic rapists. They as just they, keep... as they always say, generals are always fighting the last war. Oh, brother! This is the problem with World War One. It's mm. the Maginot Line problem. Yeah, the Maginot. Is that line. as bad as I thought? The Maginot Line. It's pretty bad, right? It was pretty bad. It was. They spent a lot of money on it. Was it was very, very costly. Yes. But it was like putting up a really, really nice chain link fence with a lot of gates, right? Well, it was like putting up a really, really nice, really like concrete wall between you and your next door neighbor 
but then not putting up, not continuing the wall around your property. <laughs> it's like it just, putting it, putting it just, the, just the side of your house that faces the street. <laughs> yeah, it just ended at the lot line. And so your neighbor just walked around the end no, of it. No, no way was he ever seen to walk around the right side. <laughs> and, uh, and then came up from behind and we're like, all the guns were pointed in one direction. It's the, mm. uh, the thing is, if the terrorists want to hurt Americans, they're not going to do it on an airplane again. There's so many other ways you could do this it. This is the problem, and this is the problem. I mean, you can go in. You know what I got to tell you, John? I'll tell you a couple things I was wrong about. And hmm. I thought I was a real futurist. I call it being a futurist. I thought Sloan? I had this right. Sorry? I was going to say Sloan. <laughs> Let me take a minute here. <laughs> I thought buffets and salad bars would go away. I cannot oh. believe we still have buffets and salad bars. I thought buffets and salad bars were a pretty bad idea for sure, about... Sure, because you could just go by with an aerosol and spray anthrax on them. Um, setting aside that you're going to frequently find grubs and screws in the salad. That's just happening. That's the thing you're right. just going to happen because that's that's you know careless, whatever. you should make Find grubs in the salad. That just happens. That's nature. Grubs, grubs, and screws. You ever find machine parts in your food? Sure no, you have. But I, I used to work at a pizza parlor, and we found little caterpillars in the oh tons of caterpillars all the time all the time, all the time. So, so here's the thing is you go up there and you see you go somewhere like in uh, like in tallahassee god bless it chinese buffet right oh no it's no chinese this is not ping pong this is, <laughs> <laughs> well all Stop the presses oh boy and you, you want to talk about uh the, the difficulty of uh, economics and culture all the good chinese food restaurants eventually had to become buffets it was the only way they could eat six dollars you come in boom all you want house knuckles you can eat yeah hmm but you're saying that that had to go away, but it didn't. That's, I mean, when you remember the anthrax, remember the people were afraid to open their mail, and yet, and like and like Johnny Diabetes can walk in there and like <laughs> stick his hands into the tater tots anytime he wants, <laughs> and really? give everybody diabetes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. well, what was the other thing you were wrong about? 